On the program tonight, we want to talk about profits and ask if there are profits in the world today. Uh, Josh, there seems there are um, a lot of people in the world today who want to know about what's going to happen in the future, and a lot of folks turning to self-professed profits. We'll look at that on the program tonight. going to be an important discussion. We're going to start it right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, Thursday, August 11th, 2022. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. Josh McCord is to my right. Josh, welcome to the program tonight. Thanks for being here, Jacob. Glad that you're here. Kyle is here behind the controls. Kyle, welcome. Yeah, it's good to be here. Good to be with you. The Kyle cam hadn't gotten used in a while, Kyle. You might want to turn that on. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, we're uh, glad that you're on the other end of the line tonight. We look forward to hearing from you at 931-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Into the chat window to the bottom of your video feed or to the right of your video feed, however it's configured on your page there. Sign in and chat with other listeners tonight. Josh will be keeping a... Close eye on the chat room for us tonight, and uh, we'll take your comments there as we talk about modern-day prophets. A lot of turmoil in the world today, Josh, uh, political turmoil, pandemic, economic turmoil and uncertainty. I have a lot of people searching for clues as to what the future might hold. Yeah, I think actually it's a good time uh, for us to be able to point people uh, toward the Bible, and we'll probably mention that as we go through our, our topic tonight. But unfortunately, uh, people are searching for answers from people who have stepped forward uh, claiming, and, and maybe some people don't claim that they're a prophet or give themselves that title, but they're stepping forward and saying, hey, I've got inside information, and I can tell you what's going to happen, and you know, don't worry about this, worry about that. I've got the answer for you, uh, and they're, you know, so maybe they don't give themselves that title, but they're putting themselves out there as somebody who's got the answer, and a lot of people are, are following and believing and putting stock in what they have to say. Yeah, a lot of folks that, uh, that are that are saying they're getting some guidance from God, that they know what is the future holds, that they can see the future thanks to God, and they're giving these prophetic messages, yeah. Yeah. Um, even speaking for God and and bringing a message that says uh, that you know they're they're writing as if they were from God, and people are yeah. believing the message. Um, and uh, I think this is something that's always been an interest with folks is to somehow have a window into the future. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even it's heightened now, as you mentioned. Um, and um, I've talked with folks who said, you know, I didn't used to believe in prophets, but I'm watching these guys on YouTube. And, boy, I tell you what, they, they, they're they real. They mm-hmm. really are getting a message from God um, and uh, starting to believe this. And so we need to check what the scriptures teach on this important subject. Because if they exist, if prophets are in the world today, they got a message from God, and we better be listening to it, right? If, yeah. God's, if God's speaking to the world yeah. to a prophet, I want to be front, front row for right. that. If they truly are from God, then we want to know what they have to say. Yeah. But if they're not, 
then they pose a significant danger to our faith. The scriptures warn us about this. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, beginning, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. There were false prophets in the old days that led people astray. And if there are false prophets in the world today, I want to tell you they're doing the same thing, and we need to be aware of what's going on. Right. One thing about human nature, Jacob, is there's always been people who have <clears throat> sort of wanted the glory for themselves, and so false prophets among the people of, uh, in the Old Testament times would, would put themselves forward as being somebody that's knowledgeable and get a little following. Uh, but, but as you said, um, they're, they're called false prophets because they're not true. They're not from God. All right. Um, it is an important topic tonight. We sent out four questions for us to consider tonight on the program. Um, the first question that we asked um, was that if there are prophets in the world today, if there are truly prophets in the world today, their prophecies would have to have the same characteristics as prophecies in the Bible. What are some of those characteristics of biblical prophecies? Number two, are there any passages in the Bible that indicate that prophecies would or would not come to an end? Can we get any clues from the Bible on, well, should we even be expecting prophets today? So first off, if they are, they'd have to have the characteristics of a biblical prophet. Second, if we can find any scriptures that lead us to indicate there are going to be or there are not going to be prophets to be looking in the world today. Number three, do we even need prophets to tell us what's going to happen in the future? And number four, we'll talk just in general about some arguments people give in support. For instance, one, does the fact that a prophet predicted something correctly prove that he or she's from God? You know, some folks say, well, you know, look, they got that right. They got it right that, that Trump was going to lose. They got that right. They got it right that Ukraine was going to be invaded by Russia. See there, they must be prophets. Well, what do you think? What do you say about that? So give us a call. Send us an email. Join in the chat room tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. All right, so first off, if there are true prophets in the world today, their prophecies would have to mimic and mirror the kind of prophecies we see in the, in the Bible. What were some characteristics of those? Well, the first characteristic that, that I thought about, there's several, but the first one I thought about was prophets from the Old Testament. When they prophesied or they foretold the future, it always came true. Always came true. Always came true. And I was thinking in Deuteronomy 18, beginning at verse 20, it says, But the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou say in thine heart, How shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord hath not spoken, but the prophet hath spoken presumptuously, thou shalt not be afraid of him. So there was a warning here in Deuteronomy. The question in verse 21 of chapter 18 is, how would we know? Uh, and the answer is, well, if a prophet says something and what he says doesn't happen, well, then you'll know. You don't need to worry about him because he is, he's pretty, a false prophet. Pretty simple, isn't it? Right. If, if he says it and it doesn't come true, right. he is not from God. Right. And there aren't any do-overs in that. That's right. He, did, he doesn't get a chance to say, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. I was a little fuzzy on that. I didn't understand. I, yeah. I got to get. I, I got to change it just a little. Sort of bit. making up the rules as he goes. Either they all come true, right, or you're fake. And that's a good point too. So if he says ten things, you know, I predict ten things are going to happen, and one of them come true. Well, that's not the way prophecy happened in Bible times. 
what they said was going to happen, it all came to pass. All the details came to pass. Uh, and it's and it's pretty uh, powerful. Actually, Greg preached a lesson Sunday about uh, how we know the Bible is from God. And one of the one of the reasons we know the Bible is from God is that the prophecies were exactly uh, coming to pass as predicted, sometimes hundreds of years uh, after the prediction. And so that's how we know uh, the Bible is from God. But if you have people today that are making predictions and they're not coming true, even one piece of it doesn't come true. Well, you know they're not from God. You know they're a false prophet. That's right. So if you see a guy on YouTube and he says a lot of things that you think came true, but one of them doesn't, immediately discount him as a fake. Now, don't worry about he he, he just got lucky on the others. Maybe those messages weren't yeah. from God because he's a liar. Right. If he doesn't tell, if everything doesn't come true that he right. said. All right. Any other characteristics? Sure. Um, a prophet, a true prophet of God, would never contradict. God's word. So we've got the completed revelation of God here, the Bible. Uh, and if some fellow comes along and claims to be a prophet of God, but what he is saying contradicts what's written in the Bible, then you know that he's he's a false prophet as well. Now, saying it here in Deuteronomy 13, uh, beginning at verse 1, it says, If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign of the wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known. Let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he had spoken to Turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt, and and it goes on. Uh, and so, if a prophet comes forward and tells you something that God that disagrees with something God's already said, then you don't listen to him. Uh, and so that's that's a important key, I think. Yeah, that's exactly that, a, a very important key. If he says anything, and this isn't even about his prophecies, if he doesn't teach the truth about how to become a Christian, if he doesn't teach the truth about living a Christian life. Right. If he doesn't teach the truth about any subject, if he's not teaching the truth, he's not from God. Right. God doesn't use people who aren't teaching the truth. Right. Everything he says would have to align. And the fact of the matter is, there are folks who are listening to these prophets who understand, well, he doesn't teach the truth about that. But he might be te- but I'm I think he's got a message from God. No. Yeah. He's not teaching the truth about everything that the Bible teaches. He's not from God. Uh, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 8, beginning, But if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so say I now again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. It's pretty clear. If they're not teaching the truth, they're not from God. Plain and simple. And the pro- and the people in those days when there were prophets were told you need to test the spirits or try the spirits. First John chapter four verse one, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. In the first century, when there were prophets, they said you got to be careful. There's going to be guys who come along and say they're prophets. You got to yeah. test them. And how would you do that? By comparing it with what God's word. That's the test. That's the that's the measuring stick. If it doesn't line up with God's word, it's not from God. Right. All right. Yeah. Um, so if somebody comes along and says, you know what? I got a message from God that Jesus is coming back on Friday. 
at 4.30. Is that a true prophecy? Well, I know that it's not because the Bible says that no man knows. You test the spirits. If it doesn't line up, it's not from God. All right. I think we're close to time. Um, Any comments in the chat room that we need to catch there? Not so far. We're, We're quiet. Sign in the chat room and share your thoughts there. When we get back, we'll continue to talk about these characteristics of biblical prophecy. If there are prophets in the world today, their prophecies would have to mirror the prophecies of the New Testament and the Old Testament. They would have to have the same characteristics. We're looking at those characteristics to help answer the question, are there prophets in the world today? Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Study will be back right after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Hi, my name is Bob Tidwell and I want to remind you that the Virtual Bible Study provides a great opportunity to use your computer for something good. So turn off the TV and gather your family around the computer each Thursday night for the Virtual Bible Study. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight as we ask the question, are there prophets in the world today? And if there are, as we try to look for ways to answer that question, if there are, their prophecies would have the same characteristics as prophecies we read about in the New Testament or in the, in the Bible. And one of those characteristics is that the prophet could not Make the claim, well, I didn't understand the message from God. I need to revise my prophecy. That's something that we're hearing about, these prophets, when things they say don't come true. Uh, There have been very specific prophecies made about when uh, terrible calamities are going to happen in the world and they don't happen, when governments are going to fall and they don't happen, when the utility grid is going to go dark and it doesn't happen. Prophets making these claims, and then they say, well... It was a little fuzzy. The vision was a little fuzzy. I misunderstood what I was being told. I need to revise it. Or things are worse in the world than we thought they were. Gonna, they were. The, the evil has more of a grip than it does, and so things we got to have a little more time. No, in the Bible, the prophet couldn't say, I didn't understand, and then come back and revise his or her prophecy. It didn't work that way. In First uh, Peter chapter 1, beginning of verse 10, We read that prophets in the Bible didn't always understand the message that they were giving, but they still got it right 100% of the time. 1 Peter 1, verse 10, Of this salvation the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, searching what? 
or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories of that would follow. They didn't understand the message they were giving, but the message was right. They didn't have they didn't they didn't say you know what it was a little fuzzy about Christ. I thought he was going to be born in um, in Galilee, but he ended up being born in Bethlehem. I, I was a little bit no, their prophecies were right even though they didn't right. understand them. You know, I was thinking uh, in Acts, 8, uh, Acts 13 and verse 27, it says, For they that dwell at Jerusalem and their rulers, because they knew him not, nor yet the voices of the prophets, which are read every Sabbath day, they have fulfilled them in condemning him. It's kind of interesting that they, they didn't really get the whole picture or grasp it. it, and it was being read to them every yeah. Sabbath day about the prophecies, and they fulfilled the prophecies yeah. by rejecting Christ because they didn't understand you know, what was going on. Yeah, yeah. these modern-day prophets that are given a lot of that excuse when they don't get their prophecy right, yeah. and that tells us that they're not from God because prophets in the Bible didn't always understand their messages either, but right. they were right. The right. messages they were given were right. Yeah. All right, any other characteristics and traits that we should um, look for? I think, I think one thing that we can point out is that prophecies, biblical prophecies were very specific. Uh, so, you know, I could make a prediction that this winter... The weather will be colder. Yeah. Uh, but that's not th- th- nothing special about that. That's that's what happens with the changing of the seasons. I can say, you know, in the next six months, we're going to see uh, snow fall from the sky. There's a pretty good chance that that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, that that's pretty vague. That's not what we see in biblical times. It's not some vague thing where you say, if you if you see something like this happen, then you know it's from God, uh, and it's just some vague. No, they were very specific things. Uh, and those things would would come to pass. And so, any any modern day person that uh, you know had a prophecy from God would have no problem spelling out specifics, giving uh, exact details. But we really, don't see that from from these folks. They'll just say, "There's going to be a sign. Something big is going to happen. It's going to be all in the news." Right. And well, so, everything that happens, watch, people are pointing to the it. water, or right. there's going to be watch. There's a mountain that's going to be in the news. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, you need to pay attention to. Pay attention to uh, a virus or something. Right. It's stuff like that happens every day. But they're making these, these yeah. and then people, something happens, well, oh, there was a shipwreck. Oh, they got it right. Yeah. No, they're vague. They were very specific in the, in the, in the Bible. Micah chapter 5, verse 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are little among the thousands of you to get out of you, shall come forth to me, the one to be ruler in Israel who's going forth or from old, from everlasting. Why talking about the birth of Jesus yeah. in the town of Bethlehem. <laughs> Very specific, and not in a town that you would expect to have a, a king born in. Right. They were very, the prophecy was very specific. Right. Uh, Cyrus was named 145 years before uh, he came to power and uh, and helped get Jerusalem rebuilt. In Isaiah chapter 44, begin verse 24. Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, he who formed you from the womb. I am the Lord who makes all things, who stretches out the heavens all alone, who spreads around abroad the earth by myself, who frustrates the signs of the babblers and drives diviners mad, who turns wise men backward and makes their knowledge foolishness, who confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers, who says to Jerusalem, you shall be inhabited to the cities of Judah, you shall be built, and I will raise up her waste places, who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers. Who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built, and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. Very specific. Down to the name. 145 years before it happened. Uh, in Ezra chapter 1, we read about this. Ezra 1, beginning verse 1, now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, the word of the Lord 
that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah the prophet might be fulfilled. The Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing, saying, Thus says King Cyrus of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth the Lord God of heaven has given me, and he has commanded me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah, who is among you of all his people. May God be with him. And let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and build the house of the Lord God of Israel. He is God, which is in Jerusalem. 145 years before it happened, Isaiah and Jeremiah had prophesied that it was going to happen. Can you imagine making a prophecy? What about a, what if 145 years ago, 145 years ago, 19 or 1880s, yeah. 1870s, someone said Joe Biden will be president of the United States of America? You say how in the world? Yeah, that specific, not a vague prophecy down to the name of the individual. That's the kind of prophecies we read about in the Bible. And they are, as you mentioned, they can't be reasonable guesses. It's not a prophecy if I say Russia is going to bomb a city in Ukraine in the next week. That's not a prophecy. That's a reasonable. Anybody can make that yeah. guess, right? Uh, and it needs to ha- happen before the event occurs. I can't say, oh, I, I knew that it was going to rain today. I, I was I was saying that. No, I have to make that prophecy. I have to make the prophecy before yeah. it occurs. All right. Those are some characteristics of of prophecies in the Bible. Our emailers tonight, uh, Dwight in uh, Ames, Iowa, Dwight and Michelle, said any prophecies would have to be accurate and come true. They would not contradict any other scriptural prophecies. All prophecies would have to come from God. They referenced Galatians 1, 8, 9 as we did. Thank you for those comments tonight. And Kent, down in Calhoun, Georgia, says there are no prophets living today. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11 and identifies those who were prophets in the New Testament church during the first century as miraculously gifted individuals. The only way that one could receive the gift of prophecy was by apostolic impartation. Acts 8, 14 through 17, Romans 1, 9 through 11. There are no living apostles of Christ today to impart any miraculous gift to the Holy Spirit. Therefore, there are no prophets today for our time. We need to remember that the New Testament prophets did not present contradictory information. 1 Corinthians 14.37. Those today claiming to be prophets always present information that is contradictory of New Testament teaching. No true prophet in either the Old or New Testaments set forth any prophecy that was not true. So they're on the lines of what we've said so far, that it have to be true and it have to align with what the Bible t- teaches. The Bible is the standard. If it doesn't align with that, then we know it's not true. All right. So, uh, as we go on, we ask, are there any passages of the Bible that indicate that prophecies would or would not come to an end? Kent has laid out a few for us there uh, that um, that we can look at. Um, the Old Testament was very specific on this, uh, uh, Josh, that, that prophecies would come to an end in... The time of Christ in Zechariah chapter 13, verse 1. Zechariah 13, verse 1, beginning. In that day, a fountain shall be opened for the house of David and for the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and uncleanness. Now, that's a messianic prophecy. There's going to be a fountain opened for sin and uncleanness. It shall be in that day, says the Lord of hosts, that I will cut off the names of the idols from the land, and they shall no longer be remembered. I will also cause the prophets... And the unclean spirit to depart from the land. It shall come to pass that if anyone still prophesies, 
Then his father and mother who begot him will say to him, You shall not live because you have spoken lies in the name of the Lord. And his father and mother who begot him shall thrust him through when he prophesies. God said, There's coming a time when I'm going to cut off the prophets. There are not going to be any more prophets. And if anybody says I'm prophesying, God says he's a liar. And that there's a time stamp on this. He tells us when it's going to happen. It's going to happen in that time when a fountain is opened for that for sin and uncleanness. When Christ comes and is our atoning sacrifice, that's going to usher in the end of the of the, of prophecies. Right. Pretty pretty clear. Right, and that happened a couple thousand years ago. A couple thousand years ago. The New Testament echoes the same sentiment. Uh, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning of verse 1. 1 Corinthians 13, beginning of verse 1. Though I speak with tongues of men, with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, I, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not be- behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. And now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. First Corinthians chapter 13 is talking about a time when the miraculous was going to be done away. And one of those miraculous gifts was the gift of prophecy. It says that prophecies are going to be done away with they're 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 they're, they're that part that is in part that is not complete but when the complete comes when the perfect comes that which is in part will be done away very clear yes now what is the perfect yeah i've heard people make the argument that uh that prophecy would continue till christ returns again and he's the perfect and when he comes again then prophecies would cease but it is important to know that paul didn't say when he that is perfect Shall come, he said. That which is when that which is perfect uh, is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So the language indicates it's not it a is. person, right? And we know that in James one and verse twenty five, James refers to the perfect law of liberty, uh, and he says, "Whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forget not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, that man shall be blessed in his deed." Uh, and so James was talking about the word of God. It's perfect for us. It's complete. Uh, it has all the information provided to us that we need in order to uh, be pleasing to God. And so when we understand the big picture, prophets were, were there to tell God's message to people because they didn't have a Bible in everybody's hand that they could read God's word. And so when we understand the purpose of it, we don't need that anymore. It's all here compiled for us. We can read it and understand it. We don't need somebody to come and tell us, hey, I got a message from God because we've got it here. All right. Yeah. So it says when that which is perfect has come, as you've mentioned there from James chapter 1, 22 through 25, that it is the perfect law of liberty. Notice that the language that's used here. Now we see in a mirror dimly, mm-hmm. but then face to face. Right. Well, the, this the the Bible is mentioned as that mirror 
mm-hmm. in James chapter 1, verse 22 and 20 through 25. But be ye doers of the word, not hearers, only deceive yourselves. For anyone who is a hearer of the word, not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. The same kind of language here. The idea of a mirror, seeing myself, I can see myself clearly now in the Bible. Right. I see myself as God sees me. I can read the Bible, and when yeah. God tells me that I shouldn't covet, and I realize, oh, I've been coveting, I see that God is not pleased, and I can change. I can be like the man who observes himself and does something about it, rather than the guy who says, yeah, yeah i got a problem, and just walks away. 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about the Bible. And 1 Corinthians 13 has more context clues that show that it is talking about the Bible. In verse 13, now abide faith, love, faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Now, faith, hope, and love are going to abide when that which is in part goes away. When the prophetic, when the miraculous, when the supernatural mm-hmm. gifts of the Spirit go away, faith, hope, and love are going to remain. Well, when Christ returns, faith will not remain. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I won't have to have faith in Christ anymore when he returns. I'll see him. I'm not going to have hope anymore when Christ returns. Romans 8.24 says we're saved in hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For one, Why does one still hope for what he sees? I'm not going to hope for heaven when Jesus comes again. We'll have it. It'll be realized. It'll be realized. Faith, hope, and love are going to remain. The greatest of these is love because there's going to be love in heaven. There's not going to be any faith or hope in heaven. Right, And so 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is talking about the Bible. And when the, the completed word of God is, has been given to man, prophecies would go away. Yeah. And that's happened. We have the word of God now. Prophecies do not remain today. Uh, we need to get a break. When we get back, we'll get our emailers' comments on those thoughts. We'll get your comments in the chat room tonight. Uh, Dwight and Michelle in the chat room say, say God's word is perfect. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And so we'll talk about that idea when we get back, and we'll get into the idea, you know, is there even a need for prophets today? You know, a lot of people have an interest in that, say, you know, we really do need to know what's going to happen in the future. Do we really need to know? Do we even need prophets today? We'll take up that question on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The Virtual Bible Study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwen with this week's bullet point. It's not uncommon to hear folks say something like this. I don't drink alcohol, but I'm not sure you can say that it's absolutely wrong to do so. Or it might be something like, I don't dance, but I don't really think you can say it's wrong to do so. The list goes on. It can include things like modest dress. Someone would say, I don't wear shorts, I don't go to the mixed swimming pools, but I'm not sure that you can say it's wrong. Or maybe someone even says, I try to attend all the services of the church, but I'm not sure you can say it's wrong to miss once in a while. Or another person would say, I don't smoke, but I'm not sure you can absolutely say that using tobacco is always wrong. The really sad thing is that these statements often come from Christians who ought to know better. What these people need to realize is that their expressions represent a sinful compromise of God's truth. The Apostle John wrote, Whosoever goeth onward and abideth not in the teachings of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the teaching, the same hath both the Father and the Son. 
2 John verse 9. While they may not actually engage in the sinful practice, these folks are saying things that amount to an endorsement, a going onward that is clearly condemned as sinful. Furthermore, when their doubting words give an uncertain sound, they are in effect encouraging those who are actually committing the sins. In the text previously cited, John goes on to say, If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. 2 John verses 10 and 11. This is a serious matter that should be carefully considered. For those who aren't certain that drinking, dancing, immodest dress, smoking, and so forth are wrong, we make this simple request. Study. Become certain. Definitely don't teach your doubts to others. To do so would itself be a sinful thing to do, according to Romans 14, verse 23. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Dwight Bovett. And I'm Michelle Bovett. And we're from Ames, Iowa. We listen to the virtual Bible study every week, and we invite you to do the same. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. And we're back on the program tonight. Reminding you, this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeu.com. And, Kyle, how is the stream going? Is it back? Yeah. It's the stream good. is yeah. back. I think the quality might be a little bit better. So oh, it's even got better quality. Right now, tonight, anyway. <laughs> Oh, but I'm talking about your your your. Oh no, I can't make any guarantees about my own Bible classes. Yeah, so yeah, which uh, yeah, which there's some great studies. If you want a College View live stream in your YouTube uh, uh, browser, you can find it if you're not already subscribed. And uh, yeah, we had some good studies. Started a really good study on Wednesday night's Old Testament characters. Yeah, and come when we're just doing the gospel, or the Bible, the Book of Luke. Sorry, on uh, Sunday mornings at Bible class. All right, good studies going on. All right, check it out, College View live stream on the YouTube. We're talking about prophets and asking the question, are there prophets in the world today? You know, we talked about the fact that if there are going to be prophets, they'd have to have the same characteristics as prophets in the Bible, and they'd have to be teaching everything that lines up exactly 100% with what the Bible taught. There could be no contradictions from the Bible if there were prophets in the world today. And then we looked to the Bible for clues as to whether or not we ought to even be looking for prophets. And we read in uh, in Zechariah that uh, the Bible says there are not going to be prophets anymore, that the prophecies would come to an end. Zechariah 1, 13, 1 through 3, the prophecies would end. There would there'd be no more prophets when Christ, after Christ's atoning sacrifice. And if somebody did, then he is a liar because he's speaking lies. Um, and... The New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 3, says that prophecies would go away. Kent made an argument for this as well when he said that um, that prophecies were a miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit. He referenced 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. You can reference that in your own time. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 11, identifies prophecies as being a miraculous manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And those gifts were imparted by the laying on of the apostles' hands. He gave us two important passages for that. Acts 8, 14 through 17. Romans chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Mention the fact that apostles were the ones who could impart the miraculous gift of the Holy Spirit. And apostles were the only ones who could, from what we read about in the Bible. Since there are no more apostles... There can be no more miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, including the gift of prophecy. There's a lot of arguments there that we've made that show that prophecies would come to an end. Right. 
uh, in our emails tonight, uh, Kent says the scriptures do set forth information that prophecies would come to an end. Zechariah indicated such in Zechariah 13, 1 and 2. The apostle taught such uh, in 1 Corinthians 13. He, he was, here he was uh, contrasting the temporary with, temporary with the permanent. Mirac- miracles were temporary aspects of the first century to give a complete revelation of the New Testament, as well as a means to confirm such to be true. When the revelation and confirmation of the New Testament was complete, there was no additional prophecy given, and therefore no, no need for prophets. Paul also set the, forth this important truth in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 13, indicates that an end to miracles would take place when the first century New Testament church would come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Such took place upon the completion and confirmation of the inspired New Testament text. All right, so he says that the scriptures do talk about an end of prophecy. Dwight references 1 Corinthians 13 uh, and says, again, noting that uh, that it says that the gifts of prophecies would come to an end. Dwight and Michelle, thank you for those comments tonight. All right. I think we've made a, a, a good case for the fact that we shouldn't be looking for prophets today. Yeah, no, I think so too. I, I don't. I don't think that anybody could make up an argument against uh, plain passages in the Bible. It was prophesied that prophecy would end, and when the time frame of Jesus coming, and that that happened, and we realize now that there's no need for prophecy. Well, that gets us into the next question, and that is, do we need prophets today to tell us what's going to happen in the future? No. You know, there's a lot of unrest, a lot of uncertainty. Is our economy going to fail? Yeah, that, well, what about the food supply? Is, it, are, is the food supply going to fail? What, is there going to be World War Three? A lot of uncertainty. Yeah. And don't you think it'd be nice to know? It would be. Uh, but God has given us the things that we need to know more than just every little thing that we would like to know. Okay. Um, and, and I think that's something that maybe we got to wrap our, our heads around. You know, even in biblical times... Uh, not everybody was just given everything that they would just just want to know or like to know, but they were given things they need to know, and, and we've got enough today given to us, provided to us, so that we could live the way that God would want us to live. Uh, in Second Peter 1 and verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. So we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. So to to the... Things that you mentioned, we may get into World War III. I don't know. Our economy may crash. But we've been given all things that we need in order to live a godly life. So if those things happen, I've been given here everything I need uh, to know in order to live a life pleasing to God. A life of godliness that's pleasing to him. I've got it all. Now, either the Bible's true or it's not. Either Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 is true or it's yeah. not. Do I have everything that I need? Yes, God, what says, it says. God says we do. That's what I said. Do I have faith to, to believe right. that and trust that's, that? That's the question. Yeah, or do I need to go look for somebody on YouTube that's going to tell me what's going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I've got everything I need. Yeah, we need to go to the right source. Yeah, we don't need anything else. And furthermore, we're forbidden to add anything to this. You know, if a prophet come came along and did give us something uh, in addition to what we have, Revelation chapter twenty two verses eighteen and nineteen would say, well, that's forbidden revelation 22 verse 18 beginning for i testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book if anyone adds to these things god will add to him the plagues that are written in this book 
Everyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy. God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. Yeah, either that's what it says what it means or it doesn't. Yeah. If we're adding to the scriptures, if we're having additional revelation mm-hmm. than what we have here, then that is forbidden. That's off limits. So not only do I not need know anymore, if someone is trying to do that, that would be uh, forbidden. Absolutely. You know, also Paul wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy 3 and verse 16. Uh, he said, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Um, so we've got everything we need in order to be perfect, not not sinless, but complete. We've got we've got it all here provided for us to live a godly life. So the promise is that if you add to it, then, you know, uh, you're, you're going to be adding to God's word. And basically what we're saying there is that. God's word is not good enough. We got to get another source somewhere else, or we got to add to it. Well, that gets back. That gets that gets to the heart of the matter right there. Is that we don't think God's word is enough, yeah. and we 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 display that attitude in a lot of different ways. And right. one of the ways that we display it is if we're looking for modern day right. prophets, right. because we have what is perfect. Yeah, we have everything that we need. First Corinthians chapter thirteen tells us that when they were getting prophecies that they were in a worse place That's than right. we are with the Bible. Right. They were looking forward to what we have today, yeah. and the, the prophecies were sort of a stopgap. Right. Well, this will help you get through until you get the Bible. And right. we have the Bible, and we're thinking, uh, you know, it sure would be nice if we had a prophet. No! Yeah. That yeah. would be taking a step That's back. Right. Yeah, Paul talked about knowing in part and prophesying in part. That's because prophecies were just little snippets of yeah. the will of God for them. We've got it all now. Why would we want to yeah. go back to just be... Waiting, being eager for little snippets of God's right. word. We've got the whole thing. Right. All right. Um, we'll take a break, and uh, when we get back from the break, we'll get our listeners' comments on this topic about do we even need prophets today. And then we'll start to examine some of the objections that people make about uh, defending the prophecies. What about the guy who gets something right? Does that prove he's from God? Well, he got it right. There was a something that happened in the water. There was a volcano that exploded. That means he's from God? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, my name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of You Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us. We don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to him. Here at the College of You Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. Hello, this is Preston Jackson from Valdosta, Georgia, and you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. 
For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the virtual Bible study tonight as we go to the top of the hour with a chat room that's deader than 4 o'clock tonight. <laughs> um, but that's all right. Uh, we appreciate you all being out there. Um, our listeners in email tonight to the question, do we need uh, prophets today to tell us what's going to happen in the future? Dwight and Michelle said, Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scriptures inspired by God is profitable for teaching, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. It goes on in verse 17, so that man, the man of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. And they reference Second Peter chapter one verse three. His divine power is granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. So no, we don't need prophets today to tell us what's going to happen in the future. Kent says we do not need prophets today, and that the completed scriptures have given us all the information we need for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Second Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. Anything that God has not revealed in His Word is not essential to salvation, either in this life or in eternity. Thank you for that, Kent. All right, so when we make these arguments, when we present the fact that the scriptures are very clear that prophets would be done away with, that there would no longer be prophets uh, after the complete comes, that those were going to be cut off in Jesus' time, uh, Grant and Janie in the chat room reference Jude 3, verse 3, that the, the scriptures were once, the faith was once for all delivered for the saints, right. so once for all. Excellent comment there tonight. So when we make these arguments, uh, people are going to be quick to sort of give defense for prophets and uh, the fact that there is modern-day prophecy in the world today. And um, one of the one of the things is that one of the objections is going to simply be, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it be nice? And we've talked about that, uh, Josh. Either the Bible says what it yeah. means or it doesn't. Yeah. Either the Bible's true or it's not. Uh, do we believe it? Do we believe that we have all that we need? fact is, we don't need to know what's going to happen in the future. We don't. God's given us everything we need to be prepared to respond correctly to right. whatever may happen. Right. We know how we need to respond, and we know that if we will respond the way that we should, we'll be yeah. pleasing to God. That's all I need yeah. to know. That's all I need to know. Yeah, and I'd really argue that the, the faithful child of God doesn't really need to worry about the future. I mean, you know, obviously we, we put aside some money for a rainy day. We have retirement funds, you know, for a reason, and that's okay. But but the faithful child of God shouldn't have to be worried about what's going to happen in the future because, like you said, if I'm living the way I'm supposed to be living, then no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. I mean, it, my life's taken from me. You know, I'm, I'm going to end up being okay. Yeah, I'm a stranger and pilgrim here anyway. Right? That's right. This world's not my home. Uh, so I know I have what I need. Yeah. To say, to say it would be nice really displays, I think, a lack of faith in what God so has given us. The next argument, and we asked this to our emailers tonight, was, well, the guy's been right, you know? <laughs> uh, he, he, he's he been right. He made some kind of prophecy, and it <laughs> did come true. What do you say about that? Well, okay. I mean, maybe he was right. Maybe he said something, and it, and it did end up coming true. That still doesn't change everything that we've read about in the Bible. He is not a true prophet from God. He, he is some guy who guessed something and it and it came true. Maybe he's really lucky. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure all of us could make some predictions and uh, some of them come true. But I would just put him to the test and and say, well, what's going to happen next? You know, give me give me all of your predictions and and he's eventually he's going to start getting them wrong and then you can easily say, well, you're 
You're well, not from God. And we have to remember biblical prophecies were not vague. Right. They, uh, it, the, the prophecies they were making were not something that was obvious that it was going to happen. Yeah. And it was made in advance of the event. You've got to remember those signs. Right. And if he just makes some sign of something's right. going to happen in the water or something's going to fall out of the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Got to make sure it's following. And a lot of biblical prophecies, the the fulfillment of it came true well after their lifetime. So it wasn't like they were predicting something that was going to happen next week. Right. They were predicting predicting things that were going to happen hundreds of years from that time. Right. That time period. Kent in Calvin, Georgia says the case being that there are no living prophets today necessitates that there is no prophecy being stated today. Just because individuals make predictions does not prove that such is prophecy, nor does such. Uh, do such pre- predictions prove that those predicting anything are prophets, even though some of their predictions may be accurate? We need to remember that any clock that is broken, unworking, or has stopped is correct at least two times a day. <laughs> it's so, true. I appreciate that, Kent. So you, you, they could be just getting lucky. And uh, Dwight and Michelle say no. Matthew 24, verses 25, uh, 4 and 25 states that for false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. Behold, I have told you in advance. And so uh, Dwight and Michelle say you've got to be aware of those false prophets. And that certainly is uh, something that we need to be aware of. One of the ones, uh, oh, yeah, Grant and Janie say that they have to be 100% correct. They can't just get one correct right. and be from God. That's right. They'd have to get them all correct, as we mentioned, or else yeah. they're a liar. And, right. and that's right. And so the one they get correct, that won't last too long. <laughs> because they're not going to get on the process <laughs> yeah. correct. Right, right. And as soon as they're not right on one, we knew they were not right. All they were not truly from God all the way along. What about this one? I've heard this one as well. Well, I know this guy's a prophet because he's not in it for money. He's not in it for money. He's on YouTube. He's making his prophecies yeah. and he's doing it regularly. And he hasn't once asked for money. He's got to be legit because he's not in it just to, to make a profit. Yeah. That, that, again, that doesn't really mean anything. There's a lot of people that want to uh, stroke their own ego, and they're prideful. And so if I can get a bunch of people to follow me, I've got a bunch of people subscribing to me and my, my prophecies. That, I mean, they really think I'm I'm something special. i got to give them the content. They're, they're following me. I, look at all the thumbs up I've yeah, got. Right? Yeah. And so so it's, it doesn't have to just be about money. I mean, obviously, there's, there's some that I'm sure that are asking for money. But just because they don't doesn't mean anything. They could just be a person who is... Uh, you know, committed to lying and telling lies and building up a following, uh, that's entirely possible. For the popularity. And the yeah. popularity, that's a big thing in our society today, and it has been throughout time. In Jeremiah chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30, beginning, An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule by their own power, and my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? There were false prophets in Jeremiah's day, and people loved them. They were popular. And for those who want to gain a following and be popular today, false prophecy is an excellent way to get it done. Because people like to hear prophecies, even if they're false. Right. False prophets can be in it for the popularity. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, beginning verse 3, 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have engineers, they will heap up for themselves teachers and will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. It's not changed in New Testament times. New Testament times, if you want to be a prophet, you can be very popular if you want to claim to be a prophet. And that is that motivates a lot of folks. And you mentioned something else, Josh, that... These folks could just be liars. Yeah. There are folks who like to tell and propagate lies. They were doing it in the Old Testament. They're doing it today as well. That's right. Yeah. Uh, In Jeremiah 14, uh, beginning at verse 13, it says, Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say unto them, Ye shall not see the sword, neither shall ye have famine, but I will give you as assured peace in this place. Then the Lord said unto me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination and a thing of naught and the deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the prophets that prophesy in my name, and I sent them not, yet they say sword and famine shall not be in this land. By sword and famine shall those prophets be consumed. Uh, and so there in Jeremiah's day, the prophets were saying, everything's going to be fine. There's nothing to worry about. You're not going to deal with famine. You're not going to deal with any kind of uh, war. But they were just telling lies. They were just making it up. Yeah. They were just liars. Yeah. That's what yeah. they were. Just totally false. Ezekiel talked about this as well in Ezekiel chapter 13, beginning of verse 2. Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who prophesy and say to those who prophesy out of their own heart. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Woe to the foolish prophets who follow their own spirit and have seen nothing. The fact of the matter is, these false prophets are just making up the message. They're just liars. And we can't follow them. We can't accept what they're saying. And I want to tell you, there's also the danger that these folks, either they're just flat-out lying... They're in it for the popularity. And they could have the express goal of leading you away from God. And this is where it gets dangerous. Because prophets throughout time have uh, been with, had the objective and the goal of leading people away from God. And we've got to be on guard against that. Right. Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23, beginning verse 25. I have heard what the prophets have said, who prophesied lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesied lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart, who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams, which everyone tells his neighbors, and their fathers forgot my name, as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. They indeed try to make my people forget my name. These prophets were trying to turn people away yeah. from God. And prophets today are trying to turn people away yeah. from God and the true, pure doctrine of his word. And unfortunately, they were had some success then, and they're having success now. Yeah, absolutely. In Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 14, Also I've seen a horrible thing in the uh, prophets of Jerusalem. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They also strengthen the hands of the evildoers. So that no one turns back from his wickedness, all of them are like Sodom to me, and her inhabitants are like Gomorrah. They were turning people away from God. And they're doing it today as well. And we got to make sure that we're on guard, that we understand the truth about prophecies and prophets. And we realize that these people who are claiming that they're prophets today are nothing more than liars. And there's great danger 
in the prophets who are falsely prophesying today. Right. Uh, in the chat room, Dwight and Michelle said, we need to search the scriptures as the Bereans did and realize that prophets have been done away. The word of God tells us this. Study to show thyself approved, rightly, rightly handling the word of God. Yep. And finally, someone might make the argument, well, weren't there prophets in the first century church? Why don't we have prophets in the church today? Weren't there prophets in the first century? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of things happening in the first century that we don't we don't have today. Uh, one of the one of the uh, emailers, I think, Kent referenced Ephesians four, verse eleven. It says he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, uh, and, and he goes on. There were apostles in the first century, and, and we mentioned we don't have apostles today. And so, uh, if we ask that question, when we say, well, I mean, there were apostles in the first century why can't we have apostles today uh you know it's kind of interesting that people give themselves the title apostle but they but they're not an apostle and of course there were prophets in the first century in the first century church because there there was a need for that as we looked right. at first corinthians right. 13 right. and because it was still in that time frame when they said there would the yeah. scripture said there would be prophets yeah. but we live in a time That's after right. that where the scriptures have been clear that there won't be prophets right. today. So we've got to take the entirety of what the scriptures teach yeah. on the subject. It's an subject. interesting time when, when the prophets were prophesying. But now that we've got the Bible completed, we don't need that. And so now we, we live in the in the day and age where we don't need those prophets. Uh, I, I don't know, Jacob. I think it's I think it's plain to me. And uh, looking for prophets, looking for something outside of the Bible, looking to follow some man or woman who claims that they're from God that are clearly teaching things different from the Bible... Uh, they're going to lead people astray, and we got to be on guard. Yeah, absolutely. They are very dangerous. They are a challenge and a danger to our faith, a threat to our faith. We need to be on guard. The Bible's clear. There are no more prophets in the world today. None. Right. They're not on YouTube. Right. They're not on Facebook. They're not on the street corner. There are no prophets today. The Bible is definitive on that subject. Right. But, you know, the Bible has been clear about something that's going to happen in the future. And that is that Christ is going to return, and he's going to judge us, and we need to be preparing for that. That's right. We need to be working and preparing for that day, not be so worried about what's going to happen next week, what's going to happen in the election, what's going to happen overseas. Well, let it happen. I need to be working and preparing for the coming of my Savior and make sure that I'm ready for that day. Yeah, that's that's the one thing that's talked about in the Bible for us to look forward to. We need to be ready for the judgment day, ready for Christ's return. Yeah. All right. Uh, appreciate your comments tonight, uh, Josh. It's good to be with you. Thanks, Jacob. Good okay. to be here. Kyle, final thoughts from you. Yeah, it's a good study. I think uh, cling to the Bible. We have to make sure we're not clinging to man and what man may say. Just yeah, read your Bibles and believe what God says, and that's it. Yeah. Have faith in what he said. Trust Amen. it, right? Yeah. Thank you for being here tonight, Kyle. Thank you for being on the other end of the line tonight. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College 
College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.